It's a nice crisp night in California. It's July. So what better thing to do on a night like this than to go to the ball game? This is Locked On MLB. MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello, baseball fans. Welcome to Locked On MLB, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast. We talk about all of Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. As you can tell, I'm not recording this in the basement. I'm not recording this in my mother's house. I'm recording it. At Oracle Park in San Francisco, where the San Francisco Giants are taking on the Chicago Cubs. And I'm way up here in the nosebleed seats. Why? Because I'm recording a podcast. I don't want to interrupt people who are watching the Giants and Cubs game. You can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. Look right there. Look at my graphic. You can follow me at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. You know, this is one of the great things and why I don't think any sport could ever, ever rival baseball. It was a, it's a July night here in the Bay Area, and suddenly my night became free. No family obligations, nothing scheduled, nothing going on. And when you're in a place like the San Francisco Bay Area, like I am for the next few days, you're like, huh, I wonder if a team is playing. Because the beauty of here, at least for the next few years, is if one team's playing, one team's on the road, the other team's probably here. It's quite seldom that both the A's and the Giants are away at the exact same time. So, with everything, my kids unavailable, family scattered about, I checked the San Jose Mercury News and said, hey, Giants are in town. And I'll tell you something. From Palo Alto, which is the town where my mother lives, which is in the peninsula, you just hop on the train, take the train right to here, get off, there's no parking, I didn't drive my car, hopped on the train, no traffic going up 101, just go take the train, train delivers you right... I can't tell you what just happened because I don't have the express written consent of Major League Baseball to describe the events that just occurred. It was pretty cool. But you just get off the train, and the train is what, two blocks away on King Street? And you walk up here, and you're in this magnificent stadium. And I'll say it. I'll say it. This is the best stadium in baseball. Right here. Oracle Park which is, I guess, what they're calling it now. Not the best name. I liked it better when it was called Pac Bell Park, because at least that had a, a certain rhythm to it. But it's called Oracle Park now because there's so much money in tech companies floating here in the Bay Area. But this is the best stadium, and I'll tell you why. First of all, it looks beautiful. It fits perfectly in the China Basin. In this area, look at, I remember when this stadium was brand new. I used to go to Games of Candlestick Park in, when I was in high school in the Bay Area. And so I remember when this place was being built. So I still kind of think of this as a relatively new park, but it opened in 2000. So we've had, what, we've had 22, 23 seasons in this ballpark. So it's not really a new park anymore. 
using the rule of seven, if you're a 30-year-old Giant fan, you don't really remember the stick. And you know what? You didn't miss much. That place stunk. But when you see the place, when you see the, uh, the, the brick architecture, you see all the great the statues of Willie Mays and Juan Marichal and everyone there, it feels like it's been part of China Basin forever. It just fits in perfectly. The way Fenway Park does, the way that Wrigley Field does. It's hard to believe that this is a 21st century ballpark because it just feels, it doesn't feel like it sticks out. It's like this section of the bay was made perfectly for this ballpark. The architecture is great. And it also has right over there, you see right over there, is McCovey Cove, which is the inlet of the San Francisco Bay, which has the single greatest relatively new uh, tradition in baseball, which is all of the, sorry, I gotta stretch my arm out a little bit. It's a little windy up here too. I may move down a, a row or two, but it has all the boats that come up there. There's not a lot of boats here. It's actually kind of a chilly night in San Francisco. There's only a handful of boats there. But on a day game, you got all the people, or, or during a playoff game, you have all the people in their kayaks and canoes and all sorts of boats coming out there, and they're trying to get the baseballs that, that, that land in there. And it's just a beautiful thing, and it is an organic tradition. The nooks and crannies of this field are not uh, contrived. It's shaped like this because this is where it fits in with the bay. But I'll tell you the other great thing about it. It has all of the modern conveniences. Look at I grew up in New England. I have nothing but fond memories of Fenway Park. Try going there now. Those, the seats are too narrow. The rows are too narrow. It feels very cramped when you go there. Here, the concourses are wide. I walked all the way, I walked all the way around the stadium before I started recording this. And in straightaway center field, you have all these great places for food, like the Orlando Cepeda Cha-Cha Bowl, the Crazy Crab Cakes, great food, great places to walk around, great places to, to, to you know, to people watch. And it's designed perfectly for that, for all the modern conveniences. I'll tell you the other thing they did right. This is a privately funded stadium. Yes, they had public money for things like the train station and some of the infrastructure around it. But, good Lord, there is so much money. Oh, they're doing the kiss camp. I don't like the kiss camp. I'm going to pause it for a second. I don't think we have the rights to this music. All right, I knew we could get the Frank Sinatra rights. Um, there's so much money in the Bay Area that this was, you know, investors built this place. This wasn't a taxpayer fiasco. And whenever I hear about, like, oh, they're going to fleece this city or that city, there's no reason to do it. You know, there's, money is tight enough in cities as it is. Trust me, I'm a public school teacher when I'm not a podcaster, and uh, I can tell you that taxpayer money isn't exactly flowing to all the places where it should be. And so, what if it's such a great investment for cities and everything like that, then why wouldn't real investors take place there? It's the thing that drives me crazy about there's so much money here in the Bay Area, 
and the Oakland A's can't seem to get enough investors to put a, a team together put a, to build a stadium. But I digress. They did it right here. They found the perfect place. You know, they found the ideal spot. They didn't build in San Jose. They didn't build in Santa Clara. They didn't build in some of the other places they were threatening to build. They didn't build a dome. They didn't build a cookie cutter park. We got this miracle of a ballpark here. Hey there, Locked On MLB fans. It's H-Town Wheelhouse. When you're gearing up for the fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? That's right. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. It's that time of year that you may be looking at the sports betting world and saying, who am I going to pick for American League MVP? Will it be Shohei Otani? Will it be Aaron Judge? Will it be Jordan Alvarez? Well, the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs and find all your favorite sports and events is the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information from live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts. They have you covered. Head to Bet Online today to use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. Bet Online, where the game starts. Thanks for making Lockdown MLB your first listen on August 2nd, Trade Deadline Show. I'm going to be part of a YouTube live stream as well as all sorts of podcasts where we're going to be checking out all the big trades that are going on. Check me out, check Lindsey Crosby out, check Jeff Carr out. We're all going to be there doing a show which is going to be wrapping up the Major League Baseball trade deadline. Who knows, maybe the Cubs and the Giants are going to be doing something there. And check it out and subscribe and make sure to look out for any notifications when new videos come out. You see behind me the Giants are still playing the Cubs. Um, these two franchises, the Giants and the Cubs, have a couple things in common. They both won World Series in the mid-2000s. The Giants, of course, won the three, 2010, 12, and 14, and the Cubs, of course, won in 2016. And they both have fallen on some hard times since then. But both did a rebuild, and I truly think for some of the teams, as we saw what happened with the Washington Nationals, who won the World Series a few years ago and are in the middle of such a disastrous rebuild, or such a drastic rebuild, I guess is the correct term, that now they're going to have to trade away their superstar in Juan Soto. 
I look at how the Cubs did their rebuild and how the Giants did their rebuild, and I really think the Giants did it in a better and smarter way. Look at it. The Giants came to a crossroad in the middle of the 2019 season. It was Bruce Bochy's final season, and Madison Bumgarner was going to be a free agent at the end of the year. And the Giants went on a massive winning streak right around the time of the All-Star break and the trade deadline, which put them in a position where they got to within striking distance of the wild card. And the Giants front office was simply salivating at the prospect of doing a massive teardown of the team and trading away Madison Bumgarner, who would have been a tremendous trade ship, amongst other people. But they also knew it was Bochy's final season. There was excitement going on in AT&T Park, just a couple of years removed from an exciting wildcard run in 2016. And they did not pull the trigger. And an interesting thing happened. The Giants didn't do piddly-poo. They, they faded out. Madison Bumgarner wound up uh, signing with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Bruce Bochy retired. But the Giants gave their fans a summer. Fans came out to the ballpark. They wanted to see Bumgarner. They wanted to see this young, exciting team with some familiar faces like Posey and Crawford and some new faces like Mike Yastrzemski. They came out to see that team. And they didn't pull the trigger on a scorched-earth rebuild. Now, they wound up... The, it's tough to look at what happened in the COVID season. The Giants were contenders, but again, there was only two months of baseball. Then in 2011, or 2021, last season, the team won 107 ball games, won the division. The place was packed and the city fell in love with the, the team. And they gave their fans a summer, a summer that they won't soon forget. And this year, while the team has gone on a terrible slump recently, they're winning right now, by the way, and they have decent pitching. And they have some players, if they maybe acquire a bat at the trade deadline, they're only about three games out of a playoff spot. So even though they did get rid of some of their players, they did do a little bit of a rebuild, they didn't tear it to the ground. And even in today's game, you got to see you know, the first baseman's Brandon Belt. So if you're a casual Giant fan with some connection to the years that they won the World Series, yeah, Belt there, a familiar face. Some, when Crawford's healthy, he'll come back as well. Now contrast that with the Cubs, who were actually in first place at one point in June of last year. And they did an absolute scorch teardown. They traded away anything that was in nailed down. And you would think they would have kept somebody. Hometown hero Chris Bryant, our homegrown hero Chris Bryant, who's the MVP of the team that finally delivered a championship to the Cubs. No, they traded him to San Francisco. Not Baez, not Rizzo. Nobody. They, they tore the team to the ground, and pretty soon Contreras is going to go with them. If you're a Cub fan showing up in tw from some memory of 2016, there's virtually nothing to cling to with this team. And I'm not saying keep the team together for an unbelievably long period of time like the Philadelphia Phillies did after they won the 2008 World Series. But there's got to be a gray area, and I think the Giants did the gray area. They were smart. They made some smart acquisitions. They didn't sign players to super long deals.
but they kept trying to put a product on the field with the mindset of, hey, we're here to create summers. We're here to create magical memories for our fans. It's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. Whoa, something happened. It's absolutely ridiculous that the Chicago Cubs did the tear down the way they did, where there's nothing left for the team that wasn't that long ago. You couldn't have kept Bias, you couldn't have kept Rizzo, you couldn't have kept Bryant, you couldn't have kept somebody for fans to sort of cling to with this team. And also to put a product in the field. They were a quality team until they had a slump in June, and the minute they had that slump, they blew the team up. They won the World Series in 2016. They made it back to the NLCS in 2017. They were a playoff team in the wild card game in 2018. They were a division winner in 2020. So it was only, it's not like this was a team that was on a massive slide to oblivion. But here we go. They totally blew the team up. The Cubs, one of the wealthiest teams in baseball, one of the big market teams in baseball, couldn't keep that together. And I can't tell you what happened, but... Uh, Cub fans are happy with what just happened. But the fact of the matter is this. Yes, you can rebuild. Yes, you can make decisions to not just be, you know, sign players for long-term deals out of, for no, for lack of a better term, phrase nostalgia. But you also have to understand the purpose of a baseball team, and that is to create entertainment for the summer and to give people in the stands a chance to have fun to go out to the ballpark. The Giants have done that. And they did it without missing much of a beat. And there is no excuse for a team like the Cubs, who print money, to not keep that in mind. The Cubs are gonna have a bunch of anonymous people and hey, I could wind up eating my words, I could wind up saying, hey, in a couple of years they may, they may, have a potential championship team and I may have egg on my face. But the fact of the matter is this. The Giants have kept their covenant with the fan base. And that is to put a team on the field for fun memories in the summer. The Cubs haven't done that. The Giants built the park right and they did the rebuild right. And it would not surprise me if the Giants find themselves in a wild card position this year. It would stun me if the Cubs are relevant anytime soon. Quickly reviewing some of the things that happened in baseball on Thursday. The Red Sox actually won a game. Sander Bogarts got a big home run as the Red Sox held off the Cleveland Guardians. The Yankees won on the least surprising walk-off home run in history, hit by Aaron Judge, which blew a fine pitch performance by the Royals. One nothing. The uh, in a showdown of the American League West, the Astros wound up doubling up the Seattle Mariners four to two. In a weird, wild game, the Philadelphia Phillies ran up a score and then held on for dear life in an 8-7 win over the Pirates, which is significant because now the Phillies are tied for a wild card position. The Dodgers blew out 
the Colorado Rockies in a 13-0 laugher, and Miami came back in a 7-6 come-from-behind win against the Cincinnati Reds, and Toronto remains hot with a 5-3 win over the Detroit Tigers. And as for the uh, Cubs and the Giants, that's still going on. Uh, since the last time I've been at Oracle Park, they've moved the bull the bullpens used to be on the field along the left field and the right field lines, and now they built these kind of elaborate bullpens in center field. And I have no doubt that those are an improvement. I have no doubt those are great facilities. I have no doubt that the players prefer doing that. I, for one, miss the bullpens on the field. Do you know why? Because it's really stupid to have the bullpen on the field, especially at a big elaborate ballpark like this. But I, I, I kind of like dumb things. I kind of like that weird thing where the ball goes fair and you see the, the pitchers lifting their feet up and everything like that. I know it doesn't make any sense. I know that the bullpen in straightaway center field makes so much more sense. It's a better facility everything. Balls aren't in play. Does that mean I can't like something dumb? I enjoy the occasional dumb thing. Maybe you've noticed. I know I'm not allowed to uh, describe the events and everything like that, but I'll just tell you, uh, the money I spent on the ticket here was well worth it. Do you know why? I just saw the single most exciting play in baseball. That's right. I saw a balk. That's why you come to the ballpark, for the chance to maybe see a balk. All right, I'm just going to inform you of something that happened here. It's the eighth inning, and the Giants just got a double from Tommy LaStella. I'm talking about what I was saying, how it's important to have some of those players from the championship season still around so fans can cling to them. Um, Tommy LaStella was part of the 2016 World Champion Chicago Cubs. He played on the team that won the World Series. He played in that postseason. And he got a double tonight for the Giants, which means more members of the 2016 Cubs have helped the Giants tonight than the Cubs. Something to think about. Just a quick note here, the uh, Giants cap I'm wearing, you may notice, has the 2014 World Series logo on it. Um, I bought this hat when my dad and I went to Game 3 of the World Series here at uh, when the Giants played the Royals. And that was the last game my dad and I ever went to together and the only World Series game I've ever been to. And when the Giants won the World Series in 2010, uh, 2012, and 2014, the Giants won every single home game, home World Series game, in those three World Series years, except one, the game that we went to. They, the Royals beat the Giants at game three, and my father and I sat right over there where I just pointed to. And this is the hat that I bought that has the, uh, that has the World Series logo on it. So, uh, you know, not getting overly sentimental, but, yeah, 
I think of my dad here. I'm gonna watch the game. Took my mask off there. I had my mask on. But uh, yeah, they just announced the attendance here. 32,000. 32,000 for a Thursday night. For a team that's in the middle of a, was it, six, seven game losing streak? That's not too bad. That's not too bad. That just shows you a little bit something about what, you know, the Giants have meant to this community. I'm sure there's a lot of Cub fans, you know, that comes to the, the type of fan base that, that draw well on the road. But hey, 32,000 people for a team that's, uh, as of this recording, not a playoff team, in the middle of a terrible losing streak on a Thursday night, and it's chilly. It's chilly. There's a, there's a mist. You can see uh, by the light towers, there's, there's a mist going on there. And so it's, you know, not exactly a balmy uh, Thursday night here. And yet here we are. 32,000 people joined your pal Sully here to watch a game. And I gotta just say another thing. I went to many, many games at Candlestick Park. And the night games at Candlestick Park were absolutely disastrous. I mean, I'm wearing a, uh, I'm wearing a Washington State uh, windbreaker here. The equivalent of wearing a sweatshirt. It's sweatshirt weather here. I mean, yeah, it's chilly. It's San Francisco. It's chilly at night. But it, it, at the stick, you'd have to wear a parka. I'm not kidding. A parka and a scarf and ski gloves. And there you wear a windbreaker or a nice uh, sweatshirt. I know my mother, who can't stand the temperature ever being below 90 degrees, would act like I'm currently in Nanook of the North. But the fact of the matter is, if we're here on the bay, it's chilly, but it's not disastrous. And we got 32,000 people here. You didn't get 32,000 people uh, at the stick, unless it was a, uh, you know, a playoff game. You got 32,000 across the bay in Oakland, even if it is a playoff game. Anyway, let's see what happens in the game here. You already know. 32,000 on a Thursday for a team in the middle of a terrible losing streak. That's pretty good. Maybe you can see it. The Giants won. They doubled up the Cubs four to two. Four to two is the final score. You know, this is a fun night that I shared with 32,000 other people here. And, you know, I'll tell you what, I mean, I've been singing the praises of this ballpark. And it's convenient to get to, perfectly designed, and it's already had so many great memories here. So many great moments. I mean, whatever you think of Bonds, I happen to love Bonds because my dad was a huge Bonds fan. But, you know, him hitting the setting both the single season and career home run records here, the Kenny Lofton single to clinch the 2002 pennant, the no-hitters by people like Matt Cain and Tim Lincecum all, you know, taking place here, the, you know, the, the, the Travis Ishikawa home runs, the, what were some of the other things, the, the Pablo Sandoval hitting the three home runs in game one of the World Series, Tim Lincecum's, you know, Heroism in the 2010 postseason. Just some great, great moments have already taken place in this. It's a perfect baseball city. Perfect baseball stadium. You know what? Turned out to be a pretty darn good impromptu baseball night. So, uh,
thanks for everyone who helped me with the ads too because I just have a chance to print out the ads and bring them out here but hopefully uh, you got a little sense of what it would be like to go to a ball game with your pal Sully it would be eerily similar to this enjoying the game talking about all sorts of funny things making observations and just taking it all in so this has been a fun week and next week we're going to be talking about all the great stuff as the trade deadline is going to be unfolding before our very eyes so follow us at locked on mlb pods same handle for instagram i'm your pal sully i'm at sully baseball on twitter sully baseball podcast on instagram leaving my heart in san francisco and leaving my podcast for you this has been locked on mlb i am your host paul francis sullivan please call me sully Cue the Seagulls. Seagulls know when the game is over. The Seagulls like the garlic fries.